Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. But I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. But I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. And don't you forget, you can listen to good things when you're streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us too on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And let the Christmas celebrations begin as we put Thanksgiving behind us. Many of our cities and towns, as long as buildings, are turning on lights, but none do it like the silent light event there at the Walter Anderson Museum in Ocean Springs. Joining us to tell us a little bit more about that and more is Julian Rankin, the executive director. Hey, Julian. Hey, good to be with you. It's been a minute. What you been up to, buddy, there in Ocean Springs? You know, we're always busy. All of us are here in Mississippi. Lots of stuff going on. But yeah, down here in Ocean Springs, the holidays are always a big deal. We've had festival season, and um, this is our festival, as you as you just mentioned, Silent Light, and this is presented by Hancock Whitney, and this is an illuminated wonderland here at the museum. It's a two-day festival on Friday, December 1st, and Saturday, December 2nd, and uh, a lot of things going on, but part of the Silent Light uh, theme and format is that there's a silent disco, so there's live music that you can hear, but there's also the silent disco, which is, if you've never done it before, you know, it's a whole different experience, and so we'll be lighting up the streets, blocking off downtown Washington Avenue and really having a good time. It's a free festival, and so we look forward to welcoming everybody now in its third year. I think it's cool that it's the third year because it's something a little different. You don't necessarily hear of the silent discos, which I think they are gaining popularity amongst at least like kid events, which I think is brilliant. I think it's like a perfect win-win for the parents and then also the kids. But if you haven't ever experienced it, it's sort of hard to kind of think about, well, why would this be fun or would my kids really like it? But it sounds like the, the community is really catching on. Julian, is it growing each year now that you're going into your third? It has. It's, it's doubled the past two years, and we're looking for that potentially to happen again. And like you said, the silent disco may be new for some people. It's, you put these headphones on, and you've got multiple DJs at times performing. You switch through channels, and it's really an immersive kind of soundscape in your head. But that's not the whole thing that's happening during the festival. There's also dancers and performers, you know, lights, installations, like I said, audible live music, so bands performing as well. And uh, it's really going to be a fun weekend. So the Walter Anderson Museum is unique in and of itself if you drive up on it. That's one of the things that makes it so special and different from other museums is the museum itself is kind of like an art piece, which I'm sure other buildings are cool, too. But y'all's is a little bit different. So how do you work with that to also illuminate it? Because I know the lighting and the whole thing, that in itself is something interesting to come and see. Right. The other really unique piece about the, the light that we bring to it is that we have animated projection mapped light shows. So, again, if you've never seen this before, it happens all over the country and the world and more increasingly here in Mississippi, too. But 
we animate Anderson's art. So it's almost like the museum was turned inside out and the facade of the building is dancing with all these different uh, shapes and designs and flora and fauna. And so it's a real um, amazing experience just for that component. And it's the one thing that no one else can do because we are a museum and we get to to delve into the, the collection and share it in a new way. If someone uh, is wanting to make that trip, so that part, I know the disco and some of that is two days. Is the is the illumination on the museum also only coming up this weekend for those who really want to make sure they see that? Yeah, so illumination and projection mapping is both Friday night, which is, we call it a kind of a garden party, and then Saturday the streets blocked off, a, a later festival, but projections both nights. The silent disco piece is only on Saturday. So if you want, if you really wanted the silent disco piece, the big main event is Saturday, but Friday night you get a first glimpse, you get more bands and DJs and the projections. So it'll be lit up regardless of which day you come, but it is a short window that, that we do this every year just for the festival. It would be hard to think, Julian, that someone may not know who Walter Anderson is, but just in case, uh, give us a little background on who he is to the Mississippi Gulf Coast as well as just to the greater, I guess, um, art world, and then how you guys really pay honor to his life's work there at the museum. Absolutely. Well, he, I think it's safe to say, is Mississippi's most famous visual artist. He died in 1965, born in 1903, so you know, 20, uh, early and mid-20th century, doing a lot of his work. And he was known for many things, but also um, you know, for his uh, fascination with nature, his adventuresome um, personality, going out to the Barrier Islands, camping in the wilderness with animals, and really communing with nature in a, a kind of a, a kind of prescient way where he's instructing us all to think about the beauty of our landscapes, to think about how we can create within them. And of course, he made murals and block prints and paintings all about Mississippi and the Gulf South because he really loved where he was from. So it's a great way for us to continue to ignite that legacy. You know, we talk about innovation and STEM. You mentioned the light as another medium. So a lot of what we're doing is the 21st century version of what he laid out for us. But it all goes back to curiosity, innovation, beauty, wonder and that's what you know the, the holiday season's about so it's a perfect connection and it that takes effort right it takes community buy-in it takes the people from mississippi sort of buying into what you guys are trying to do to keep that legacy going and y'all cre- y'all come up with creative ways to say the least of trying to raise some funds to help the work that you guys do continue to go so i don't know if walter anderson ever rode a golf cart around on his islands but he probably wouldn't be opposed to it if he probably could have got one out there but you guys have got a really unique way of mixing his art with something that a lot of folks are using these days in different ways so tell us about the auction you have going on that's right well we we sort of invented a new fundraiser we did away with the traditional gala and a few years ago started a raffle the grand prize is a custom built valued at more than ten thousand dollars golf cart street legal golf cart amazing um you know technology and all the new electronics and wheels and all that but the real thing that sets it apart is it's wrapped in walter anderson's murals so every year we pick a different slice of his artwork this year uh, the, the cart is called the Eagle Eye because the dual eagles from his Venus panel of the community center, these wonderful twirling eagles in the sky, those are um, on the cart. So when you drive around, you'll essentially be you know, a moving piece of artwork. And we love the idea that Anderson, like you said, he rode his bicycle most places. He got in a boat. But this is another way to put his art out in the world and have it moving through the landscape. So it's a really fun way to do it. And this year, I'll just say we have other prizes as well. We've actually done the same thing where we've wrapped and, and, and printed custom shoes, custom skateboards. So uh, you don't have to be uh, present to win. You don't have to, have to even be in Mississippi, but anyone can go on our website now and get raffle tickets. And on Mardi Gras Day, on Fat Tuesday, every year is when we, we finally pull the winners. And uh, it's really an amazing uh, showing out of the community because it is fun, but it does support 
our programs year-round. Do you have to be present to win, Julian, or in the Ocean Springs area? Okay. And how much are the raffle tickets? So they're $25 a piece. Um, Right now, actually, there's a a kind of Cyber Monday. uh, We're calling it Flyber Monday, as in the Eagles fly. So there's a Flyber Monday sale where you can get 25% off raffle tickets uh, today if you go through the next couple hours here so it's a good time to get them it's a good time to get them and even if you don't win but if you do you'll be the the talk of your neighborhood i know a lot of folks now you utilize uh their golf carts within their neighborhoods to sort of get around for friendly driving but but also you'll be going to good cause right like because they'll help with the different kind of kept camps and educational experiences that you guys offer to the community throughout the year i came across on your website julian these holiday mini camps and as a mom of a who would fit between this fourth and eighth grade year um as a sixth grader i was like man I wish I lived a little closer. So for those that are do live closer, tell us about these mini camps. So, yeah, so every time you know, school gets out, folks are always trying to figure out what to do with the kids, and so we like to do these mini camps. And so December 27th through 29th for folks here on the coast, uh, we've got a, a half-day camp for those three days for fourth to eighth graders. So, again, you can find info about that on, on the website. But to your point, you know, everything that we're doing with Silent Light, with the golf cart, it does all fund education. That's really the, the purpose of it all, is keeping Anderson's legacy alive, but more importantly, um, empowering and equipping the young people, the next generation, you know, to do the work that they need to do to stay in Mississippi to be part of the future. And so it's really important uh, for us all to consider what Anderson left us and, and how much beauty there is all around us. Especially in our outdoors here in Mississippi on the Gulf Coast, but then all around the state. I mean, having inspiring our kids to get out. And if they're going to be looking through a lens, let it be, you know, through the lens of uh, a camera to take pictures of the landscape or to think about painting it or sort of creating it from, you know, a drawing from what they see. I think that's a great way for them to spend um, their time for sure. If people want to spend their time just coming to the museum for the first time, maybe you've just sparked, we've sparked their interest in giving the Walter Anderson Museum a try when they're traveling to or from the, the Mississippi to be Gulf Coast this year. Where are you guys located? So we're in downtown Ocean Springs, 510 Washington Avenue. So the main artery of town, if you just keep going towards the beach, you can't miss us. And we just reinstalled the collection. There's new changing exhibitions. So it's a great time to visit here in the winter into the spring. Um, everything is fresh. You know, just like nature, it continues to reinvent itself. And so it's a good time to visit. And like, like you were saying at the, at the outset, a lot's happened in Ocean Springs. So if you're not from here, Welcome. Come down. Spend a day or two. We actually even have our own short-term rental Airbnb now on site at the museum. So if you want to really get an experience, you can stay in the Nest, which is all Pelican-themed from from Walter Anderson's uh, artwork and travels. So it's it's really a, a hotbed, and you know you can't go wrong vacationing down to the coast. Do you just find that on the website Airbnb? Type in uh, Walter Anderson Museum. Yep. Will it pop up? Just search it through Airbnb is the quickest way to get it. That's really cool, Julian. All right, well, best of luck for this a great turnout this weekend and all that you guys are doing, and then we'll talk with the new year. Thank you. All righty, you guys stick with us. we got more good things for you coming up next. Take me into loving Kiss me under the afternoon just a little brighter it's good things with rebecca turner 
on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. We hope you know you can also find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget to watch us. We are also on your computer or mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. I just got this picture of trying to listen to us locally, watch us on TV, and on your computer, like all the things. No, you just pick one. <laughs> and then wherever you are, whatever is the most convenient, you can pro- you will find Supertalk uh, there for sure. Speaking of the Airbnb, I think that's super cool that the Walter Anderson Museum now has an Airbnb on site. If you missed that there in Ocean Springs if you're looking to travel. I think that's really cool to pick out unique places. I mean, they are kind of like small businesses, too. It usually goes back to something or someone there in the community, not necessarily like a big chain of hotels. Have you ever stayed in an Airbnb, Rhino? No, but I've I've done basically the same thing because Airbnb is basically crashing on somebody's couch, uh-huh. but instead of knowing them, you don't know them. I, and I've definitely crashed on a couch or two. I've never stayed in one. I think I'm I'm I oh, oh I'm weird. Let's just throw that out there. But I know that. But um I don't travel enough right. to feel like I'm savvy in that. And normally I leave like major travels up to somebody else in the group to sort of figure out and that's just never been something that's lend itself but i always find it cool those of you who do travel often or just have the savviness to trust where you're going i think there's a trust issue there and i know that's grown the headlines for unfavorable things have grown more so but that's also the more you get i mean it used to be a limited number of airbnbs now there's right. literally one on you know um, it's a whole cottage industry at this right. point which has created some headaches for some parts of the country where smaller housing that would either be rented out or be sold to small families, young families, the elderly, those are being scooped up and used as Airbnbs. And you have entire neighborhoods where pretty much every little house in the neighborhood is an Airbnb. And that can be a little disconcerting. That can be. The fun thing about it, though, is when you can land like just something really cool that's oh, yeah. like you wouldn't live in. So, of course, I just went to, to Google and was like, what is the strangest Airbnbs? And apparently, y'all, there are some really odd things that you can pay money for to spend the night in. And now with this, I guess, cottage industry, as you mentioned at Rhino, folks are looking to those odd and weird, I guess, things within their communities that they can say you know what we can put a bed in here put a toilet and then we can start charging to have folks come and stay because they're on the jersey shore you can actually stay in an elephant not a live elephant right Right. but it is just five miles from atlantic city it is its name's lucy it's a 138 year old wooden elephant that's a registered national historic landmark and of the oldest roadside attractions in america she entertained her first day in 1902 and has even hosted u.s presidents so apparently it's been a thing and so now it's an airbnb that you can stay in 
And there's a psychedelic condo in Brazil. Of course there would be. <laughs> it's Brazil. But it's got 360-degree views over the surrounding landscape. And it's got uh, very interesting glass bottle balconies and all of the things that make you go, in it if you kind of if you like that kind of thing oh man exactly in idaho would you guess anything less other than having a potato hotel well of course a potato hotel what would mississippi's be could you a catfish i mean not a real one again going back to like the elephant so if mississippi had like a landmark airbnb for the state well i mean it'd have to be like a giant catfish right or what else would you make it yeah i mean I'm I'm kind of stumped. If would, Idaho can have a potato, we can. We well, can first make, we need to build the giant catfish and then have the Airbnb inside it. Well, yeah, but you could. We could actually have a whole plate if you really wanted. We could have the sweet potato. You have your and then you have your protein with the catfish. And are they multiple Airbnbs or now do we create a plate that we can sort of go through? But after touring the country on a seven-year-long campaign, the Idaho potato, which is the state's most famous crop, it's a six-ton potato made of concrete, plaster, and steel. They returned it to its homeland and then transformed the inside of it to a quirky little home rental uh, for a fun night stay. I just don't know. I would like to visit it. I feel like that could be like a cute cafe or something. I don't know if I'm going to stay in a potato. It feels odd. Would you sleep well? I just don't think I'd sleep well. I still haven't heard the one Airbnb Airbnb that I would want to go to. And I don't even know if it's still an Airbnb because I remember it came out. And I'm, I think the news broke like right before COVID became a thing. But the last freestanding blockbuster video was turned oh, into an Airbnb me. where you could have that that one last slumber party. And instead of having... To go to Blockbuster and then bring it back for the slumber party, you're already in the Blockbuster. I feel like the Five Nights at Freddy's, whatever it is, what's the movie that went, you know, crazy here lately, would ruin that for me. I know that's supposed to be after, like, Chuck E. Cheese and not the movie theater, but I feel like that might that might have, have been. So pre that movie, maybe so, but that could be a little weird. Elizabeth from Gaucher said shrimp. That'd be neat, a big shrimp that you could spend the night in. Again, if you're just tuning in, there's an Idaho potato you can sleep in. We needed a Hallmark Airbnb for for Mississippi. Now, here's one I think would be interesting. It's in, oh, it's in the UK, but it's a flying saucer. So it is a UFO, but it's not a real UFO, so they say. And it's got white furnishing and finishes, and it's got, um, I guess, genre-minded accoutrements. It's a big word on a Monday. Accoutrement. Accoutrements. Like 80s video game classic Space Invader. <laughs> That's fun. The front door obviously has a latch and it comes down and it's remote controlled. Not going to lie, it'd be a little weird getting there and then you just wonder if the thing's going to take flight in the middle of the night. Like aliens didn't have to work real hard to get those folks. They just walk. They paid money to walk right in and get and get hauled away. I just I need to know that everyone checked out safely. I was about to say, did do you have a checkout time on the itinerary? Because if that's missing, maybe don't go to that one. True story. Smith County Watermelon Airbnb. That would be fun. You got a big watermelon. A gigantic watermelon. That you could stay in. That could easily be 
crafted and then turned into oh, yeah. a quirky um, Airbnb. I feel like you could just get one of those hurricane houses that are the just the dome with mm-hmm. the windows. You could paint that up to like a watermelon pretty easily. There's one, I don't know if it's an Airbnb or if it's just the hotel, and it's, I think it's in, um, well, it's where it's really cold. I don't know if it's Alaska or if it's the other continent that's really cold, Antarctica. <laughs> there are other places that get really cold. I know. <laughs> but it's the igloo, it's the, it's the ice, the igloos that you can stay in under the lights or whatever. Oh, yeah. And they've got like the ice beds and the, you know, the whole, whole nine. I want to say that's in Scandinavia. So, Okay. I don't, where's that? That's uh, Norway, Sweden. It's the the part of Europe ah. that's kind of hanging off the top. They get cold too. Oh yeah, <laughs> not just Antarctica, the North Pole. I want to stay at Santa's house, the North Pole. Um, I I would like to visit it again. I think it'd be neat to like have a meal there. But like, I'm not bringing my toothbrush and face wash. I have no desire to sleep on ice. Zero. I just I don't know. Am I a party pooper? I mean. Am I? Uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of where every year they, they rebuild an entire hotel out of ice, yes, the bed is ice, but they also have like eight inches of furs on it that is the bedding. So you'd, you'd be warm. You'd still have to bring a, a sleeping bag and everything, but uh, it wouldn't be quite as roughing as it, as it sounds. Yeah, I would just need to read the reviews. <laughs> What do you do? Go ice fishing for your for your meal before? I just I don't know. I'm I'm from Mississippi. We don't we like cold, but not like real cold. Not like that kind of cold. And it gets colder when it gets dark, which oh, is yeah. which is so contradicting because I turn the heat off and the air on to go to bed still because we're not quite there yet. We're getting there. It's getting colder, but but I don't want to be that cold. You can stay in a covered wagon in Arizona. Now that'd be kind of cool. I think there's probably a lot of areas, even in Mississippi, you could have that kind of unique experience in an Airbnb if you really wanted to. I think that would be that would be neat. I know there's a treehouse somewhere. I think it's in Mendenhall. You can correct me if I'm wrong. 601-879-4395. And there's many other unique treehouses. But I think there is one here in Mississippi that's a, if it's not an Airbnb, it's a, it's a short-term rental for sure, that you can stay and kind of have a unique. I wish I was that kind of traveler. Right. Like if you're like you still like we're upon the holiday season, you all are going to be staying overnight somewhere for something at some point over the next couple of weeks. Maybe not you all. That's a, that's a lot of you. But a lot of you are. And why not? Like you don't you don't need the points at the Hilton. Like try one of these unique Airbnb experiences. If it goes south, just leave an S review. Don't come to me. <laughs> but it'll be it will be something different. And you need to to remember that's that's for sure. All right, stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, we are streaming live. You can find us over at supertalk.fm. If you've taken time to download that Supertalk Mississippi app, like you should, you can find us there as well, streaming live, and you can find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. You can also watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. And there's not a lot of things. Well, I guess there are a lot of things Mississippi can say that they were the first at. But one thing, at least in the Christmas round, we were the first and the only to have the oldest singing Christmas tree tradition. And we're celebrating 91 years this year with Bellhaven Singing Christmas Tree. It was named Top 20 Events in the Southeast by the Southeast Tourism Society. And joining us to tell us a little bit more is E.C. Harp, along with Dr. Rebecca geisler Chittum. Did I get it right? You did. Yeah, it's a Christmas miracle. Okay, this is cool. 91 years. That means that both of you, E.C. and Rebecca, have been there for all of them, right? Of course. <laughs> if you if you see me in person, you will can attest to that. I'm just picking. Okay, because I love that because it is such a tradition that many people have become accustomed to going to for the last, you know, now nine decades. But so many people have come through and put their own stamp on it or sort of seen it and kept it sort of going. So, Rebecca, when did you walk into the shoes uh, to, to sort of bring the Bellhaven Singing Christmas Tree to life? So actually, just this year, I have sung on the tree as a faculty member in the past, but we just had some faculty changes over the past year. And so, um, Katie Moody, who is our uh, piano faculty staff, she and I have been We've organized it together this year. This year? Okay, Easy Harp, what's your connection to the singing Christmas tree? Saw the first Christmas tree in 1967. 1968, I transferred from uh, junior college at that time to Bellhaven because I loved the music there and became a music major there in 1968 and been affiliated with the college since. And I guess the, and the Christmas tree? Pardon? And with the singing Christmas tree? Yes, I've been a part of the Christmas tree since 1968. So you probably know the backstory the best then. So take us back 91 years ago. Can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you know a little bit of the of the of the origin story of why Bellhaven thought that this would be a, a cool addition to the holiday season because it is remarkable if you've never seen it. It is, and my understanding that years ago when it was first organized, it was just put together uh, with singers to enjoy the holiday, to bring in the holiday before the students left for a Christmas break, as it were, going home. there are some tales about the singing Christmas tree that when the guy when they put men on the singing Christmas tree in about 1954, I think it was they had them, but they had them dress up in greenery so that they couldn't be seen as males. <laughs> There's probably a lot of tales that tr- if that tree could talk, right? Oh, if it could talk. If that could talk. So if you're having a hard time visualizing it and you think about it being a singing Christmas tree, it can sound a little cheesy. But no, think about it like it's risers, correct, Harp and Rebecca? Yes. And so how many folks total create the entire, tr- uh, the, I guess, the dimensions of the tree? So I think you can fit about 100 singers on it. It's 11 tiers. Um, the very top only has one, room for one person. And that's the angel, right? No. Or the star? It's, well, or there's we a star it. above it, but the person that's is at the very top, has the O Holy Night solo that year. Oh, who is that this year? His name is Daniel Talley. He's a senior. 
are we sure he can sing at that altitude? I hope so. I feel He's like that should the, be part of the well, part of the audition. Well, we did warn. I did warn the students when they auditioned. I was like, only audition if you're not afraid of heights, right? Because you don't want to get that. That you don't want to get up there and no. start crying for your mother. <laughs> that would be probably what I would end up uh, end up doing. But to your knowledge, Harp, Mr. Harp, nobody has the tree has had no has taken nobody with it. Everybody's gone up the tree and down the tree safely over the last 91 years. Yes, some have had to be helped off the tree because they get there in a tight situation, lock their knees, and they will pass out. That would be me. That's why. I, that's why I wouldn't be there. I'd be the greenery on the ground, or there, sort of enjoying it, Rebecca. And that's what we want folks to do because the singers have already been selected. You mm-hmm. guys have been practicing. So taking this over for the first year, that has to be a little daunting because there's some very specific things that people want to hear when it comes to Christmas time. But then people also don't want to see the same show over and over again. So how do you blend those two? How do I blend them? Well, you know, we we tried to pick very recognizable arrangements of traditional Christmas carols. Um, We have a secular half and we have a sacred half. And we also really, in choosing, we wanted it to be really family friendly because where else can you bring your kids to sit out on the field and to be able to get up and kind of dance around at a Christmas event? No, this would be very special for that. Harp, I would, Mr. Harp, I would assume that you've seen over the years just families come. I would assume, too, your family. I'm thinking 91 years. There's probably those listening to good things that have had this be a family tradition within their family probably over the last at least several sort of decades. What's it like seeing some of the same faces and then new faces coming each year to, to join in in the celebration? Well, I look forward to seeing those old faces that come back uh, because I probably sang with them or either – was around when they were there since uh you know i've been there quite a while so so would you say that you're the longest running member of the tree or with the tree uh most Close likely likely. yes so what's a song mr harp that if it's not played the angels get angry meaning you know what i mean the solo with a holy night well we've got it so that's <laughs> Jessica's like, oh, I know they're very. <laughs> that's been a long-running tradition that there right. is a Oh Holy Night is sung by a soloist. So okay, and then you kind of have creative liberty to sort of fill it yes. out. Okay, so set the stage for us. I know it's going to be out the outdoors on the on the field there at uh, Belhaven University. But if we've never been before, what can we expect, Mr. Harp? Set the night up for us. Well, you can expect to see a lot of children running and playing on the field to begin with. Then uh, you will see now, I assume they still have dancers. We will have dancers. Costumes. Uh, You won't have... The, the people don't have the freedom to come up really close to the tree because you don't get the full scope of it if you're sitting right under it. So... They're fenced off to some degree back away from the tree so that you can more or less enjoy the whole view of the tree when you sit and enjoy and listen. And Jessica, how long, like if we come in, I know it uh, starts at 7.30, thinking of kids, how, about how long does it last? So it lasts about an hour, and families usually start coming at least by 6.30. And in fact, this year, the Mississippi Ag Museum has graciously lent us their sleigh. So we are going to have Santa in the sleigh for to take pictures with the kids. Oh, that's right. Is this a free event? Any tickets? It is a free event. 
so completely free. Has it been free for all 91 years? Yes. To Harp? Sort of gift to Bellhaven's gift to the community, but mm-hmm. then also to to the students. I know many families, at least in this area, say that this kicks off the Christmas season sort of for them. A lot of students, obviously, it wraps up a semester sort of for them. Do you feel that shift on the campus, Mr. Harp, when it's the singing tree kind of time, the gear up for it, and then once it's finally been sung? I assume yes. Now. When I came, when I first came there and sang on the tree, you had the same Christmas tree, you had the Christmas holiday, you finished up the first semester then in January after the Christmas holidays. But now everything is finished, I assume, before Christmas, before the students leave for Christmas holidays. This is also a unique experience, Jessica, for faculty and students to do something together, mm-hmm. correct? It is. Right. Yeah. it is. And it, you know, there, some years we have more faculty member on faculty members on the tree than other years, but but they can take part. What's it feel like now being? Well, you are always faculty, or were you a student too? I was faculty, so just always a faculty. Okay, you never got the chance to have like that student, and then shift into that experience. What are you most looking forward to? I think we have some surprises that I'm looking forward to seeing people's response to them. Should I? I, I don't want to give too much away. We have some exciting things happening. Um, this year, we've really worked hard to have more collaboration from the other arts departments. Mm-hmm. So we have, for the past several years, we've had um, students from the dance department. We have these; they have these beautiful angel costumes where their wings are lit, um, dancing on angels. We have heard on high, um, but we have a, a creative writing student has written an activity poem that ties together Christmas with the resurrection that we are using for the very first time. And so that's creative writing. We have a cross that we have had built and we um, we did an art challenge with the art and design department to create a crown to go on the cross. So we, the one thing we asked them was that they make it a combination of a regal crown because King right. of Kings as well as a crown of thorns. And so we have this this beautiful cross, white cross with a crown that is going to be Well, Bellhaven University, Mr. Harp is known for its arts, and it sounds like all the departments come together to make sure that this night um, continues on for its 91st year. That's the Singing Christmas Tree. It will be December 1st and 2nd at 7.30 in Bellhaven Bowl Stadium. So, good luck. Can you say break a leg? Don't say that. That's right. We don't want anybody to fall off, but good luck to you guys (laughs) with that. (laughs) And stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Ever you that's Upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. So are you holding out to December 1st before you play mini Christmas music, Ryan? In any meaningful way, yeah. I mean, we had Cool You by Louis Armstrong taking us out of the I'm last one. I'm just listening, just listening. Okay, I'll give you to December 1st. I'm going to bust up in here with my Santa sweatshirt on. <laughs> Smack me in the face with all kind of Christmas cheer. 
Uh, and all the things. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can find us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. Speaking of Christmas, Christmas is here. I held off, you guys. I, I know I, a little bit before Thanksgiving, a little here and there had to be mentioned. But for the most part, I held, I held back the reins. But now it's full full throttle to, uh, to Christmas Day. But if you have those type of traditions in your home uh, around this time of year, one may be watching all the classics that come on. Um, through Frosty the Snowman to uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the rest. So the 1964 special, which is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, is airing tonight at 7 p.m. on CBS. If you care to catch it on TV, there is something. I know you can pop it in. We have it on DVD. You can probably find it streaming somewhere. It, but there is something neat about just catching it on TV because that used to be how you had to do it, right? You waited for uh, it to come, and it does sort of signify the fact that you know the season is here for all of the uh, Christmas things to to come and the movies to come on. So, if that's something you and your family uh, look forward to, then just go ahead and make that mental note that tonight. 7 o'clock our time on CBS you can catch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and then another little PSA for you I thought uh, I would share and I think I shared it in the Good Things Facebook group if you have the smartphone the iPhone and it updated to the 17 they have a new feature called name drop and it automatically sets on default and I wouldn't be telling you this if I hadn't done it myself to make sure that it's like legit so Apparently, the new feature allows you to share your contact info just by bringing your phones close together, which sounds fun, right? Like it's the new business card, if if that's one way that you want to look at it. But, you know, there's some of us that just wants to keep things private or we want to choose who we get to share that information with, me being one of those. So if you have done the update and you didn't know about this name drop to default uh, is on, setting all you have to do is go to your settings and then hit general and then hit airdrop and then you'll see it say bringing devices together and you just click off and then you're back to regular scheduled programming i feel like i don't i don't wear the temple hat that all these things are intentional in terms of greater thinking for evil or anything but i just think that it's not communicated that those are the things that are being updated sometimes. Well, and look at it this way. If, you, if you've got a, a big update that you're coming out with, it's like, look at these new features in the new update. You don't want somebody to have to go through four steps, five steps, ten steps to turn on your new feature. Right. You just want them to, oh, it updated. What about that new feature? Test it out. And you, you want it to work immediately. So they just have all of the fe- new features sort of working. Yeah. So... If you are someone who doesn't like that and you're you're you like you're to be in control of your privacy, then it takes two seconds. You can do it in the next thirty if you wanted to. Uh, just settings, general airdrop. You'll see it. Turn it to off. Um, you know, and that way, if you if you like, I like I don't know. I did it. I'm like, eh, ooh, I don't like. <laughs> it's always strange too. Whatever you go to air i do love the airdrop feature it's very convenient for getting things to your laptop or to those that are around you if you have that particular phone but you when you hit it and then you all these other people come up that's like you're able to airdrop things too and i'm like there's that slight panic not to push the wrong net not that you're doing not that you're sending anything you don't want to share but you it would be odd for you to be sitting there and getting somebody else's airdrop of like photos of their vacation it's like 
who are you and why are you sending me, fo- you know, food photos from all, all the places. But um, so, yeah, so just there you go. Just a little tidbit of information. I do feel like that the set, the updates that come, I know there's good things that come out of it, but sometimes it feels like when you go to your grocery store and they've rearranged it on you. And it's like, why'd you do that? Why, why, why'd you put the bread in a different aisle? The bread should always be in the same aisle. I've been coming to this place for 15 years. Why is the bread in a different aisle all of a sudden? And so it takes you a minute to kind of refocus, go back through, figure some things out. And that's the way it is after, after an update for a little while. So you know you've transitioned out of childhood into adulthood. In childhood, something new is wonderful and magical. And when you're an adult, <laughs> when something's changed, that's wrong. Put it back. Oh, my gosh. That is so true. Or it just takes us longer to see the good in it. Because there's features that I'm already like, okay, I don't mind this. And then, but, but for the most part, you just like to do what you we're used to doing and go the route that you are used uh, to, to doing things. But, but and that should be sticking with us here because you got more coming up next with the boys from Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. From what I hear, they have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I don't know, but you might want to stick around. Uh, but Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.